We're in a series on the disciplines of the Spirit. We've talked about the Bible, and we've talked about, uh, last week we talked about silence and solitude, and we talked about the um, real, or the, 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 there are abstinence, disciplines, things that you abstain from, like uh, that you use to abstain from things of the world, like fasting, where you draw away, like solitude, so that you can use the disciplines of engagement, things that we do to engage our hearts, to engage the Lord, like prayer, uh, to, 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 to help our hearts be transformed by the Spirit, that our hearts will be postured before God so that we can have life. Look, now, I told you this, that when people preach, when pastors preach on the disciplines of the Spirit, on spiritual disciplines, the church doesn't do it. They say that. They say the church doesn't do it. They forget about it. They go home, and they're still busy. The whole reason... I'm doing these talks is so that you will do it. You will do them. All right. Like this is hard. These are hard talks for me because it's like I'm teaching and not preaching. It's hard for me to be creative and funny and let my real antly out. Okay. Takes a lot of work, people. And so you need to do this. You need to do this. And here's why you need to do this is because when you do this, You will experience life to the full. You will experience blessings in life. You will experience more of God's love. God will not love you more if you do these disciplines, but you will experience more of God's love when you participate in these disciplines. Because when we participate in the disciplines of the Spirit, we're participating in the life that Jesus lived. We're participating in things that Jesus did. And the more we our life reflects the life of Jesus Christ, the more we are going to become like him. And he is in perfect relationship with the Spirit and the Father. A divine love relationship, that, this is what Christianity is, is the invitation from the Trinity to participate in their love relationship together. That's what Christianity is. That's what's going to happen when we go to heaven. As we, there will be a fulfillment. There will be an experience of love that the Trinity has, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have always had, that we will get caught up in. That will be so amazing, so incredible, that we cannot imagine it. And we'll never fully experience it. For eternity, we will be experiencing more and more and more love. Well, the the disciplines of the Spirit begin that journey now. Okay, the disciplines of the Spirit bring our hearts before God so that we can experience that love now. That's why, I mean, that's what RCC is all about, right? That's what we're all about is you experiencing more and more of the Father's love because we know when that happens that the rest of our life changes. It's out of the Father's love that everything flows. And so that's what these disciplines are about. That's what these talks are about. And today we're going to talk about the discipline, the disciplines of prayer and fasting. Okay. And I'll just say this, that there is so much written. It's probably the number one subject written on for Christians by Christians. Okay. And even non-Christians write about prayer. Okay, and spoken on. And so I'm not going to give you any new information probably today. I mean, I probably will because I'm very creative and I have made this funny. Okay, and so I mean, so you need to know that online we have a lot of resources we're putting out there every week 
on these specific disciplines, questions that we have for small group leaders, for you, for growth, and then we have uh, books that you can get. We have websites that you can go to, and today uh, we'll, we'll upload those as well. They'll be, um, they'll be on the website tomorrow night. And so again, this is your journey that we're creating for you as an opportunity that we're moving in together as a family to experience more of God's love, right? And if I asked any of you, how many of you just feel like you're topped up on God's love and just don't need any more? Like, no one's raising their hand, right? Especially, like, right now, because it'd be very awkward, you know? But none of us would say that. None of us would. There's always more. There's, my, one of my mentors would just say, Aunt, there's always more. Remember, there's always more. There's always more. And that's, that's the invitation that we're giving, that we're walking into together um, before I start, I'm going to have Sean Smith. We, every week we have someone come up and just share someone who participates or has been involved or, or doing these disciplines in a way that their life has been transformed. And you may know Sean. He's the only one who dresses up for the church service every week. Sean is one of our elders and is an amazing, amazing man of God. And so, Sean, don't disappoint. This is really awkward. <laughs> Turn around like this. Uh, I don't know how I got picked for prayer and fasting, but I've got a whole lot more experience in what not to do than what to do. So I'll pass on a little bit of wisdom. I've spent most of my Christian life in prayer telling God what to do, as if he needed to know. God you need to fix this, fix that, change this person, and definitely change her, the one sleeping next to me, because that's going to bring me joy and happiness. So most of my prayers went something like, God, I know the plans I have for you, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. I, I don't think he was super impressed. I treated God like a parent whose kid only comes to him when they need something. Maybe you've known other people like this, have had the same experience. But it's kind of like a teenager and all they want from you is money. And probably some of you have felt that or been that, maybe. But, But God wants so much more for his children than a Santa Claus-type relationship. Gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. I mean, he's not about, he's not about giving you everything you ask for because he knows what you need before you ask, and he's a good father that gives good gifts to his children. Here, here I am asking for what I think are good gifts, but it's not what is best for me. It's not what he has for me. It's not what will do my heart the most to become like his. And so that's, that's hard. I, I, I don't know if you've tried to pray much. It's hard to pray without an agenda. I've spent a lot, of, my mind goes woo, sideways. I mean, there's, I'm looking for distractions. I'm waiting for the phone to go off. I'm, I have to, I have to get to a space where I know there will be no distractions. It could be in the woods. It could be 
early in the morning when nobody's awake. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it's important, I think, to get to a spot where you can't be distracted. And even when you're not distracted, it's still hard to listen. It's extremely hard to listen because his sheep know his voice and they hear him. When he, I, I love, I think there were three testimonies today about hearing God or, or laying something down and getting something. From, that's, that's what it's about. He, he really wants to give you good things and he's really, really good. But he, he wants us to spend time figuring out who he is and what his heart is like and how good he is and how kind he is. So, fasting. Bottom line, fasting sucks. I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. If you've ever tried, I mean, you know, you go like 20 minutes and, you know, all you can think about are all the commercials that come with, with food and all you can do is go to the pantry and just stare at it and salivate. I mean, I mean it, it is tough. However, if you can get past the first meal and you can get past whatever you've given up, your mind begins to get more acute and you begin to get so much more mentally aware. And what it does, like for instance, if you give up food, which you don't have to, if you give up food and it's time to eat, it should prompt and remind you, hey, I gave this up so I can become more aware of God's presence and more aware of what he's doing, and I can listen better for his voice. Does it work 100% of the time? Not with me. But, but when I, I, I find myself wishing I were fasting, not because I want to give up the food or give up the whatever, but I find myself longing to get back to the place where I was much more aware of him. It's the John 15 thing. It's the abiding thing. That's where he wants each of us. And so that's all I got. There you go. Thanks, Sean. You know, and so, and so today's talk, basically, he just did it, okay? So, <laughs> and he was funny, and we appreciate that. But um, I do want to say a few things to add on to what Sean said. You know, in the message, it says this. Um, you're going to have to pay attention today because Kevin um, and I mixed up, and we didn't get slides. And so this is Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, the message version. It says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Prayer is about learning, and this is what this verse says, to get away with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, keep company with Jesus, so that we can recover our life. Take 
a real rest. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace and learn to live freely and lightly. Now, again, if I ask anybody who wants that, every single person would say, I want that. Prayer is the way that we get that. Prayer is a word that describes relationship. Prayer is a word that describes relationship because it's about communication with God. It's about relationship with God. That is, that is what prayer is about, just like Sean said, about our hearts connecting with the heart of God. You know, I was thinking of um, last night, again, I was thinking of like, man, how does this tie together? This is going to be boring teaching. And um, the Lord reminded me of when I was 15 years old, I was a scuba diver. I learned how to scuba dive, right? And one of the cool things about scuba diving that I had no idea was that um, when you're above the ocean floor and you look down like 90 feet, 100 feet or whatever, you can see the bottom if there's sun or 50 feet. You can see the bottom if there's sun or, or even if there's not, you can see reflections or shadows and stuff. And so what happens then is you dive down and as you dive down, you start to see a little more form. You start to see a little more shaping. You start to see a little more color. And, it, and then you go a little further down. And, and then the color becomes brighter. You start to see smaller fish. You start to see parts of the reef that are alive and fans that are waving and things that are happening on the reef. And then if you dive a little further down, you see even more. And, and, and then when you dive further down, you see the intricacies of the beautiful, small, tiny fish and the things that you could never, ever see. But to stay down, you need oxygen, don't you? You can't free dive from that far up, even at 30 feet. You cannot free dive down and see the intricacies and the beauty and the life of the reef unless you have oxygen. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than being alive without breathing. If we want to experience the love and the beauty and the intricacies and the power and the grace of who God is, we need to pray. Prayer is how that happens. As we pray, we dive deeper with God. Each time we pray, we dive deeper. The more regularly we pray, we dive deeper and deeper. And as we dive deeper with God, we see his beauty, his intricacies, how amazing he is, life, things that we never, ever would have experienced from the top. We couldn't have experienced from the top. But that's what many of us do. We become a believer. We get oxygen. We're filled with life from the Spirit unlimited life, unlimited opportunity to experience God and his power. And we stay at the top of the water and we're like looking down and we're just happy. We ain't got no snorkel, right? So I don't have to pop my head up. Water's not seeping in. And we never use this unlimited power, this unlimited life force in us to get any closer to God, to experience more and more of the beauty of God. Now, some of us, though, we go, you know, I, I'm going to start praying. And we start praying. We might, we might, uh, we, we might go to a, to a conference. We might go experience uh, a really powerful worship service. And we get caught up in the Spirit. And the Spirit is just connecting us to God. And we're having these overwhelming 
experience, right? And we're like, this is amazing. And then over time, as we get back, it begins to wear off. There's only one reason that that would wear off in our lives. And that is because you're not continuing to pray and be intimate with God. Because what you're experiencing or what, what, you were, what, what you were experiencing of God's love for you happened through the communion of relationship that happens through the Holy Spirit, who is the oxygen that allows us to experience God's love. That's why it's happening. So it's like you're a free diver. You have these tanks on, you rip off the thing, you know, the regulator, and you free dive down, see God for a second, and then fly back up to the top. And you're like, that was amazing. And then you're like huffing for air, give me a snorkel somewhere. That's what happens. And some of us, though, we fall, you know, we've been a Christian and we like being a Christian and we start growing in our faith. We might join a city group. We might um, come to refresh every once in a while. We might pop up at church. We might listen to, well, you don't do that. And so, you know, these things might happen and you're giving life. You're like, man, this is amazing. Okay. And so you dip down and you have this experience of God that's true and that's real, but then you settle there. You stop there because to move further down, to move deeper with God, it's going to require you to risk more. It's going to require you to sacrifice. It's going to require you to discipline yourself in prayer and fasting and solitude and the other disciplines to experience more of who God is. And so your whole life, you hover around 30 feet and you look up and you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm better than them. You know, they're, they're, they're those lost people, you know, they're swinging over hell on a rotten vine and I'm down here with the Lord and this is amazing. But it's not amazing. It's as amazing as you think it is, but it's not as amazing as it could be. And that's where the disciplines come in. And you bob in this place your whole life, never really fully being satisfied with what God truly has for you. That There's always more. There's always more. And then there's others of us. We become a believer and we are all of a sudden we're given this unlimited amount of air and oxygen and we're breathing it and we're swimming around with the snorkel people. And it is it's awesome, you know, because we don't have to look up and 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 the storms of life come and we're getting washed in the waves just like they are. We're experiencing the struggles, the worries, the anxieties, the, the, the financial tension, the relationships, the marriage issues in our life. And we are reflecting to the snorkelers, the non-believers, that we are no different from them. And they look at us and they're like, yo, you got, you got tanks on your back. You're wearing a weight belt that's supposed to sink you down. You're struggling to keep this up. That, that doesn't look like, like I want anything to do with that. That looks like a burden. You need to take that off. Here, here's a snorkel and a mask. It's way lighter. Why would you do that? You have to do all these things? And that's when your relationship becomes religion. And the disciplines do become something that you don't want to do. You force yourself to do them because you think you're supposed to. And you're, you're not operating out of grace an opportunity to dive down in the spirit and to experience more of God, you're operating out of your own strength, your own power. And what happens? You have guilt, you have shame, you have all those things happen. See, this is the cool thing. One of the cool things about diving is that when you dive down, the deeper you go, 
the less you experience what's happening on the top of the water. Because you're down low. There might be a little current, but all hell can be breaking loose on top. Waves and storm and rain and lightning. And you don't even hear it when you're deep down in the ocean. The same thing is true with God. When we are going deep with God, when we are pressing into God, when we are experiencing more of his life and more of his love, and we're seeing more of his beauty and, and, and experiencing more of his love for us as we pray, as we go deeper with him, our life can be a wreck. It can be a mess, but it doesn't affect us like it does the rest of the world because we are down deep with Jesus And the love of Christ and the experience that we have with God sustains us. And so it's not our circumstances that determine joy in our life. It's not the circumstances of life that we allow to determine our, 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 how we live and how we love and how we treat people because we have been immersed with Christ and we are a new creation. We have been baptized in death. We've come up a new creation. But it only happens through prayer. It only happens in relationship. And again, the invitation of prayer is in to that relationship. If you don't pray, if you don't pray, you will not experience life with God. You won't. You will, you, you will not experience the joy of Christ. You will not experience the love of Christ. You will not experience the blessings of Christ because God is not going to bless you if you're being disobedient. He wants you to be in relationship with him so bad that he does not pour out his blessings on you because his heart breaks for you to come to him. And he will do everything and anything in his power to draw you into intimacy and love with him. I mean, and, and until you risk, until you step out, until you discipline yourself, you won't know that there's more. You just won't know that. And that's why we don't do these things. As we kind of think, well, I got all there is. You know, I'm a believer. I go to church. I raise my hands at church. You know, come on. What more is there? I get ministry. I do these things. You don't think that there's more. But there's always more. And we don't experience the more until we dive deep. You know, something in diving that um, I experienced this. That's called nitrogen narcosis, right? Nitrogen narcosis. And it's also called, um, it's also called raptures of the deep, martini effect, nitrogen euphoria. Okay. And what happens is you dive down and you're not experienced enough and you go too deep and the nitrogen in your blood. Yeah. It makes you feel like if you go to the dentist and they jack up that mixture of oxygen and nitrogen, there's too much and you get high and you feel drunk. That's what happens. And so like people dive down and they're like, take the regulator out and they're swimming like a mermaid. You know, they're, I, I went down, I was like at 110 feet or whatever. I just learned how to dive. We've been down to 80 or whatever. And I take my mask off. I take my mask off. And then my instructor comes over and he like pulls me up 10 or 20 feet or whatever. I realize what's happening I have to put my mask back on. I'm breathing. Thankfully, I put my mask back on and clear it or whatever. Right. Now, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous, right? But here's, here's a truth that parallels that. is the deeper you get with God, the more intoxicated you become with God. The deep, okay, and so God loves when we go deep with him. Because when we go deep with him, we become drunk on him. 
You know, it says, don't get drunk on wine, but come and be drunk in the spirit. And there is a life, an intoxication, something that we can't experience, a joy, a euphoria. The martini effect with God is epic, right? It's like once you have tasted the depths and the beauty and the love of God in a way that makes you feel euphoric, you will dive back down and you will do what it takes. But it only happens, it only happens if you discipline yourself to learn to pray, to learn to fast, to learn to find solitude, to learn to find the things that God has given us so that we can find life in him. I was going to teach you how to do this prayer today, but I don't have time. It's a good prayer. It was going to be awkward prayer. But there are all kinds of prayer. And in these resources, and these resources, they're going to be online. You can read about them all. My favorite one that I read about was the labyrinth prayer. And it's where you walk around a labyrinth and you do these design things and you're praying different things. I know. I know. I learned about that. You can go do that. Have your kids draw a chalk design or something and go for it. But, um, but there are lots of different prayers and lots of different prayers for lots of different things. But more importantly, like, like Sean said, is that God's desire is just that you pray. It's just that you step out. It's just that you, you go for it. And you just move towards him. You just discipline yourself. You can wake up early. You can set an alarm. You can, you can, at lunch, skip lunch and spend the time with the Lord. You can turn your stereo off on the way to work and spend time praying to the Lord. And remember, it's just listening to him and talking with him. And if there are things on your heart that you want to bring before him, you certainly can. And there are all of these formulas, and I'm going to link you to some of them that remind you, like, these, you know, adoration, confession, T is like Thanksgiving and then supplication, acts. All right, that's the one. You can tell I don't use it. Okay? Okay, just real quick. The discipline of fasting, just real quick. Remember, the, the abstinence disciplines make room for the disciplines of engagement. Abstinence of fasting creates the space and reminder that we need to pray. Okay? And so... Fasting makes way for praying, all right? A, fa- a fast is the denial of normal necessities in order to intentionally attend God to God in prayer. Bringing attachments and cravings to the surface opens a place for prayer. The physical awareness of emptiness is the reminder to turn to Jesus, who alone can satisfy us. When you begin to function and to work these disciplines into your life, one of the things that happens is junk bubbles up. Stuff bubbles up to the top, and you cannot survive what comes without Jesus. You can't do it. And Jesus, like, tricks us into that. He's like, pray, experience my love for you. Oh, and by the way, look at this wound I'm going to bring to the top of the water, and you're going to have to deal with it, and you're going to need me to deal with it, and your heart will remain restless until it finds its rest in me, okay? And that's what fasting creates the opportunity for. We lose the cravings of the world, so the cravings, the things of our heart can rise to the surface, and we can't hide them or cope with them with the things of the world, the good things of the world sometimes. But we we get rid of those things so that the things of our heart can come about And we are going to be forced to go to Jesus and deal with them 
of, with Jesus. Okay? All right. That's all I have. Let's stand. I have more, but I have this great prayer that we're going to do. It's called the prayer breath. Oh, we're going to do it, actually. We're going to lead into ministry with this. The prayer breath is wherever, it's, it's like an old, old prayer. And it's where you, you breathe in, you know, a, a few syllables, and then you breathe out a few syllables. And it can be like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. And this is the prayer that allows us to pray unceasingly. And we start it in the morning, and we pray it throughout the day. It's easy. It can be a word. It can say, Jesus loves me. It can be anything that allows you to connect with the Lord. And there are scriptures you can use. Job 39.9 says, will the unicorn be willing to serve thee? Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee? That's in the Bible. King James Version. Someone, someone drops the King James Version original. It's the only quote the unicorn verses. All right. But there are a lot. There are a lot of scriptures. My soul glorifies the Lord. My soul glorifies the Lord. And these are the breath prayers. And they allow you to come into God's presence, stay in God's presence. You train your mind to not be distracted. And it helps you keep company with Jesus, whether you feel his presence or not. It helps you abide in Christ, opening yourself to constant union all day long. It reminds you yourself that God is present and living with you. That God is present and living with you. And so we're going to have ministry right now. And I'm not going to make you do this, but I'm going to do it. And you're going to listen. You're going to have your eyes closed so you're not distracted. And I just want you to think this. I just want you to think this. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and make this real to us. And I'm just going to do probably the most famous one. It's called the Jesus Prayer. It's Jesus, son of, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me a sinner. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. Okay? And so, let's close our eyes so we're not distracted. And if this is new to you, um, you know, you don't have to do anything. But um, this is an invitation for you to take, allow the Lord to take what's in your head and move it to your heart so that it becomes real in your life. Okay? Okay. It's hard to breathe in and say things, and so I'm going to try to do it with a little emphasis so you know what's going on. If you want to breathe with me, you can, or you can just be quiet and you can just receive this. Father, we ask for you to send the Spirit right now, that you would clear our minds and open our hearts. Just come, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you love mercy and that you love grace. And that you pour them out on us when we are still broken, when we are in the midst of struggling with our sin. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, your child. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, your child. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, your child. So you're breathing in. Jesus, Son of David, and out. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner.
Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come now and that you would meet us, that you would meet, meet each of us where we are in the midst of what we're doing, in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of the storms of our life. And Father, some of us feel like we are just on top of the water, that our lives are being rocked back and forth, that we even feel out of control at times, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would draw us into the deep waters, that we would experience God, that we would experience his love right now, that we are, what we are unable to do or afraid to do or are not disciplined to do, that you and your grace would find us and pull us down this morning to experience more of you. Just come, Lord. Just come and meet each of us where we are. And Father, those of us who have settled for less than the life that you have for us, but have settled for mediocrity in our relationship with you, and we have become bored We pray, Holy Spirit, that you too would drag us deeper this morning. We know, Lord, that it only takes an experience with you, an experience of your love, to draw us deeper. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now and draw us deep into the Lord's love. Father, we ask that you would come and minister to those who who feel weary and who need rest. They have been diving up and down, trying to experience more of you, and they are worn out, and they are tired, and they are weary. We thank you, Jesus, for the invitation to find real rest in you, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Our desire is to live freely and lightly. Holy Spirit, come now and bring those of us that are tired and weary and worn out into your rest, into your presence where we live freely and lightly. Just come, Holy Spirit.